going to take it. Got it! Boston wins! Two legends in basketball analysis with over 70 years combined experience. This is the Bob Ryan and Jeff Goodman podcast. NBA, some college, a little bit of everything. You know, what can I say? But it wasn't going to happen here with him. I was okay with it because it wasn't about talent, I didn't think. All right, let's get right to it. All right, welcome in another edition of the Ryan and Goodman podcast. And uh, we know what the topic's going to be, Bob. We know what the topic's going to be. It is all about the coronavirus right now. And um, it is it is certainly affecting the sports world um, throughout across the leagues, and I, I have a dilemma. I know you do too. I mean, listen, I'm I'm ready to cover the NCAA tournament. I'm supposed to leave. Uh, we're recording this Wednesday morning. I'm supposed to leave for New York City uh, tomorrow to go to four Big East games, and then from there fly to Indianapolis Friday morning and go to the Big Ten tournament Friday, Saturday, and possibly Sunday before driving to Chicago. Um, what do you do if you're me? I mean, honestly, it is a dilemma right now. Well, it's on. I mean, what do you do? Yeah, you, I guess until stays, you keep waiting for the word. I mean, all the more and more government and uh, state officials are saying, doing things. You know, Governor Inslee in Washington, uh, Mario Cuomo has declared a, a, a state of uh, something. What do they call it? New Rochelle is a, a zone. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, there were gatherings. I mean, people were restricting gatherings. We're talking about. I mean, I'm waiting for the big shoe to drop. The NCAA right now is taking the position that the that what the Ivy did was what the Ivy did, and, and any conference is free to do it itself if they want to do so. They're not they're not being the governing hand on this yet. They're allowing allowing people to make their own decisions on this. And the Ivy League decision was no men's and women's basketball tournament. Oh, by the way, the lacrosse team can travel, but that's another that's another story. That's <laughs> That's another story, um, yeah. which has got the people very upset in the Ivy League natural basketball world. Uh, oh, no, it's, it's, it's a time of great uncertainty. Will there even be a tournament in the final analysis? I mean, maybe at some point um, the government, the government, will step in, uh, they're, they're, and, and the CDC will say, no, we, we, we can't have all this mass traveling all over the country. You know, I mean, this goes from – it could go from uh, – well, the, the sites are – all the way from the, the coast to coast. We know that, literally. North. So, I mean, it, it's totally crazy. But in terms of you, I mean, I guess you got to figure you're going until you're not going. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I think I'm probably going at this point. Uh, I'm sure my wife doesn't want me to go. Uh, but the hard part of it is, again, it's not like it ends at this trip. You know, I'll go to Tampa next week and then go back to New York potentially for the regionals and then the, the Final Fours in Atlanta. Um, you know, but but – this thing is moving so quickly and with such uncertainty. And that's part of the issue right now. You've got, you know, the NBA now contemplating what having, uh, having games, moving games to other areas that aren't uh, infected. Um, you know, that, that, that there aren't cases of the coronavirus as, as frequently. Um, so, you know, I think at this point is, is the best thing, Bob is the best thing to just say, you know what? Let's push back the NCAA tournament. Let's um, let, let's kind of give this time to breathe for a couple of weeks, and nobody go to any sporting events for the next week or two. Cancel it completely, and see if that maybe helps. Um, because right now it just feels like it's getting worse and worse and worse. And and obviously I'm no medical professional, uh, neither are you. But you know where does it stop at this point? That's my question to you. Is like how do you get this thing? Uh, it feels like it's only going to get worse as people travel, as people go to big sporting events and concerts and, and things of that nature. 
Sure. I mean, it's uh, look at you know, the, the ultimate doomsday scenario is Italy, naturally, right. where the, the, a country of 60 million people is essentially in lockdown. Uh, now, we've got uh, 340 million people, but uh, uh, and it just it, the whole thing's unimaginable. But, um, uh, you know, you 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 trust that you're in the good hands. Oh, God, we don't want to go there. Do we? we can't go there. So we won't. No, no, we won't. We're, we're, we're not we going to go there. Oh, no, but not, you know what I'm thinking. And, and, yeah. and I'm sure a lot of people listening to us are, are, are also thinking the same thing. Uh, you know, we just have to we, we hope we luck out in this whole regard and that and, and that circumstance. Anyway, no, it's I think what what uh, like what the NCAA, I think the NCAA has got to be proactive, quite frankly. I think they should be proactive. I think they that's should not their strength, Bob. That, that has never been their strength. They've been no. reactive, and I think they're waiting for the big leagues to do things like they have, right? NBA, NHL, uh, baseball, and soccer have all basically said, okay, no, no locker room access. Right. Um, that, that, that's the first, uh, yeah. That, right. I think the NCAA does that for sure. And then what? What is next for the pro leagues? And I think then the NCAA follows suit. But I don't. They're they're not the most uh, proactive uh, organization, as we know. Now, uh, of course, what we're talking about on the end, the final decision will be governed by uh, money rather than uh, rather than health, I think, for sure. And the, the, this But here's the- my take on the money end of it, Bob. They're not – they're making minimal money on, on actual att- fan attendance and ticket sales compared to the TV contract. That's where the big money comes in. So as long as they have this event, as yeah. long as they have it in front of – you know, with players, with their families, with maybe select media. I don't know how you do all that, right? And essential personnel is basically what they're calling it right now. Um, they're still going to get their money, ultimately. And, and, and that's what matters most is that the tournament is on CBS, that uh, CBS is satisfied. And to be honest, in a way, think of how the ratings would spike uh, if you had nobody able to really go to the games and everybody had to watch it on TV. TV, yeah, it's true. It, it would be it would be eerie, it'd be crazy. Uh, after the first weekend, we'd kind of get used to it, though. I think the, the first weekend would be really really amazing. And then, you know, you say, well, this is the way it is. You kind of get used to it. But no, it's it's so so uncertain. Uh, Do you uh, remember? Uh, so the only thing that I can compare, you know, uh, watching a game with with virtually no fans was back um, about ten or twelve years ago in the SEC tournament at the Georgia Dome. There was a tornado that hit, yep. and yep. They had to move it to Georgia Tech. And Georgia actually had to play two games in one day. They ended up winning four games, five games in four days. It was amazing. And Dennis Felton was going to get fired. He saved his job by winning the SEC tournament under the most adverse circumstances. They beat, I think, Kentucky and one other team the same day. And Mm -hmm. the last games were in front of just media and basically family and, and virtually no fans. So I remember that. So it can be done. Oh, yeah, uh, do you remember, Bob? You you you've covered sports a long, long time. Can you compare this situation to anything at all that's ever happened well, in sports? The one well-cited precedent in recent times was in Baltimore, Maryland, after uh, the outbreak, and and they uh, uh, you know it was a civil violence, and yeah. so they had a, a game at uh, uh, Camden Yards with no no fans. A couple of not very recently, a couple of years ago. That's it. I can't think of that anything else in, in our American professional sports circumstance that in which we played a game, a regular scheduled game uh, with with no with no fans, uh, which is you know. Now we know it's happened uh, high schools when there we've had a lot of those in American urban uh, circumstances in American high schools when there have been fears or, or just concerns about about violence yep, and, and fan yep. violence and craziness and 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 it's not an 
all that it's happened it, it, with enough frequency that you know we, we know that happens that's it high schools other than that i don't know of anything else and it got one circumstance with the orioles you agree with the the shutting down the the locker rooms i mean obviously as media just, members no, I you know that's the fear, the problem is, you know, what we're all worried about, what most of us are worried about. Not everybody. I see a few, uh, a few, you know, this piece of Grant Wall, most specifically, yeah. uh, went out on, from Sports Illustrated, 25-year veteran of the business, uh, uh, and saying, oh, we don't need to go in a locker room. Well, you know what? Uh, sorry, Grant. Uh, you, you don't cover a beat. You know, you, you, you're, a, you're a hoity-toity magazine writer. I hate to tell you. You're a very good one. <laughs> And, and, very good uh, one. And you're one of the very good soccer experts in the world. All right. Okay. But no, uh, when you're covering a team on a daily basis for uh, a newspaper or a media outlet, um, you need that daily access. Uh, you need you need your regular access. You don't want that sterilized atmosphere of the podium uh, as the regular matter. Of course, we get used to it in the tournament. We hate it in the tournament. We all hate that. We all wish we could go into those locker rooms and do the job the way we're used to doing the job. But we're, we're resigned to it. We, none of us, including myself, uh, who has been around since my first, this is going to be my 50th anniversary of my first Final Four, okay, this year. Wow. My first Final Four was in College Park, Maryland in 1970. We can talk about that. Very interesting Final Four. Okay. And, uh, and, uh, but the point being that, you know, this is the way it is at, at those, the mass gathering. You can't have hundreds of people, you know, in those cramped locker rooms. So, all right. It's not the optimum circumstance. It's a very, uh, uh, you know, make-do circumstance. Uh, and But I understand it, and I think we're just afraid that it's going to catch on. That, oh, we think this is wonderful, and they're going to restrict it, and it's going to change the very nature of coverage forever. That's the worry. I know baseball writers are terrified because, you know, some you know some people are, are, are very happy about it. Joey Votto, by the way, just uh, I don't know if you know this, but uh, go check out what Joey Votto had to say. Uh, he thinks it would be terrible. He thinks that really? – that, uh, he thinks it would be a, a a big loss. He sympathizes with the writers. He sympathizes with the fans. And uh, wow, interesting. Of course, he's a Canadian. You know, so <laughs> he likes he likes dealing with us. Not many not many people do. <laughs> I, I would say, listen, even even from a non beat writer perspective, which which I'm not and never have been. Um, I, I think again, for me, uh, much of the information I've ever gotten has been hanging around. Uh, in those locker rooms, talking to players who I've known for years, getting information that I feel like nobody else can get because I get them one-on-one -on -one before the game starts, after the game in the NBA, both, both in college, obviously, it's a little different. You don't have the same level of access. You do, you do Bob, uh, even in the NCAA tournament, what they'll do is they'll put the players, the main players on the podium the day before, as you know, and then after they're done, you will be able to get access with them when they go back into the locker room. And while they're on the podium, you get everybody else in the locker room. And, oh, by the way, the assistant coaches are available if you want to walk in uh, to, the, to the coaches' room. So there's a lot there that you can get um, that is going to be taken away. Uh, again, how big of a deal is it to the, to the general fan? I, I don't know, but um, I, I think there's a lot of great stories that come out of just talking um, – you know, before and after games uh, that, that that we get for the, the casual fan. Yeah, no, you do. You're right. I've, I've been in those circumstances as well. I mean, one year I decided to do a story on the walk-ons in the yep. final. You know, and, and you, that's the circumstance where you talk right. to them after, after the, the one you just described. And, and uh, so – yeah, no, it's it, look, no. In general terms, the fans really don't care about our quote unquote problems, no, no. our issues. You know, ultimately, if there was no coverage and they just got to see the game, that'd be fine. Uh, you know, they, the fans, you know, we we have to we can't kid ourselves that it's a, a matter of very big importance to a lot of fans. 
um, at all. No, we, we're, we're trying to sell that message that, you know, we're, the, we're no longer the conduit, you know, in a professional level. Once we could sell ourselves as we are the intermediary between the fans and the players. The only way they can get their message out is through us. That's no longer true. We know right. that. Social media has transformed everything. Everything, you know, every player has his own connection with a fan, his own yep. Twitter account, his own Instagram, his own TikTok. Yeah, it's different. How he wants. And, yep. and, and there you go. We know those days are gone. We're no longer the only avenue for the players to communicate with their fans. We know that. So it, it started, let, let's go into a little bit more of that. So the Ivy League was the, the big one that yeah. basically pulled their tournament and said, you know, it shocked everybody in the Ivy, pulled their tournament on Tuesday morning and said, uh, we're not having it. And then the MAC and the and the Big West have decided they're not going to have it with with fans. So there's going to be no fans for their tournament. So you know, again, I'm I'm fine with not having it with fans. I understand it, but to to all of a sudden tell kids that have worked their their entire season at the Ivy now that Yale is going to be the champion because they won the regular season. Um, to me, there was a lot of brushback. I mean, listen, there's a there's a a whole. Uh, deal that they put together uh for the for the ivy league players uh to sign a petition to try to get the ivy league tournament back it's not going to happen we know that uh but ultimately this one hit hard because all they had to do move it have nobody there other than the players play the games put it on tv if you want however you want to do it but make sure the games are played yeah i agree and uh harvard uh uh, Bryce Aiken, the Harvard, was really passionately out there up front on this whole topic. You know, Harvard's coming on. They beat Yale. They get, you know, they get within one game. They, they, uh, they're playing better ball. They've, they've been, you know, they're struggling all year without their two best players, and and yet here they are. They were looking forward to it. Uh, Penn was coming on. They were hoping to, to make a splash and get in. Uh, Steve Donahue was very upset, of course, uh, and, and they're all upset. No, they're, they're because they want to know. And I, I communicated with Tommy uh, Amaker and, and said – they didn't tell them anything. They just did it. Right. You know, I, they didn't. They Typical didn't, Ivy fashion, Bob. Typical Ivy fashion. Tell him. He doesn't. He wasn't given any explanation. It was just, you know, just a, believe it or not. I couldn't believe it. I said, me tell me they didn't tell you anything? But no. They just did it, and then they didn't run it. Apparently, that's the case. So, it's a, no, it's a, it's a, it's a shame. Uh, it really is. But uh, uh, why they, you know, if, and especially since if they're going to wind up being the only one to fully cancel uh, the cancel and other uh, conferences, as you said, two already are on record. They're going to go with the so-called ghost games, we call them. Yeah, now. which is fine. At least they're playing the games. At least the kids have an opportunity. Now, someone has suggested that the one we – I'm just throwing this out there. Uh, they're worried about lawsuits, believe it or not. Sure. The, someone contracts something yep. and they did it. You know, and it's a – you know, and it's not a big gym. You know that Levitis Pavilion doesn't even yep. see two thousand, or maybe maybe two thousand. I don't know. It's like a an Indiana high school gym. They throw it back as too small. You know, and <laughs> I mean, but that's that's the nature of it. You know. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, that's not the point. Uh, uh, one way or the other. Uh, uh, but th- I think they have a right to be upset. Particularly the way it, the way it came down made it even worse for them. So. so LeBron made some comments that he he, he wasn't going to play if the fans oh. weren't. Uh, if the fans weren't allowed in, he wasn't going to play. Then he kind of backtracked on him a little they, bit. And, they hit him with that cold, and, yep. and and it was a gut reaction, which I understand. And then once he's, we know he's a bright guy. We yes. know he wants to tell on LeBron. Here's the deal. Oh, okay, I get it now. <laughs> I screwed that, up, right? That's right. where he was. He he spoke from the heart yep. and emotionally, you know. And and uh, and that was fine. You can't, you know. So just never. That's a never mind. That's a never mind. I, I never I never said that. We never had that conversation. You know, it's fine. All right, can we get on to some? I I feel like. What NBA topic has even been relevant over the last week? Not a whole lot. The only it's the Laker weekend. 
the Lakers, we, we, yeah. you and I haven't convened since the Lakers had the big statement weekend, the first yep. against the Bucks, and, right. and LeBron, uh, you know, confronted uh, the, the young whippersnapper and, and outplayed him, and, and, and they won the game. And then against the Clippers, uh, he took over the game again, and uh, and it was a magnificent closing run. He scored 13 points down the stretch. Yep. He took the belt to the basket in the old-fashioned way, you know, and uh, – uh, it, it, he, he made it. He did. You know, you can overuse the words. It was a statement. There's no question. LeBron is motivated. It's so nice at age 35 that he's got a new – they presented him with a new motivation. Now, of course, the ultimate motivation is winning games and getting a championship, and that is his goal. But the Lakers, despite this little burp, uh, setback they had last night, uh, on Tuesday night they lost to the Nets at home. Uh, I don't know what that what that means of any in the big picture. Nice to, for John Vaughn. He's 2-0. You know, maybe yeah. he should quit now, you know. But uh, – uh, so, so do you now? Does does that mean anything for you, Bob? That that they were able to do that in the regular season. How much does that carry over to the playoffs, or is that one irrelevant thing, for you? One thing is the nature, the way they beat the Clippers. You know, you're always looking for that. Thir- that you know, we know they got two superstars. Yeah. We know that they can count, basically count on a floor, fifty points a night from two guys for sure. Right, and then anything up to and including seventy plus. That's right. You know, it's possible with those two guys. I don't even have to mention the name of the other guy. If you know who it is, you shouldn't be watching. You're not, you're not watching us or listening to us anyway. Yeah. So, all right. But who's the third guy? Well, on Sunday, it was Avery Bradley. Let me assure Laker fans, as a, someone who saw <laughs> Avery Bradley and likes, the, you know, respects what he can do, that don't count on that as a no, regular no, occurrence. No, no. That was the maximum. That was the ultimate Avery Bradley game he's capable of, scoring those points, making those threes, on top of his nightly excellent defense okay you're not going to get it from Avery Bradley the you are not expect to get it well uh they can get it is Kuzma who's coming you know who by the way what happened to his hair he, he went he, he got yeah he no he stopped with the hair I he don't did, get it he did he's, I, he's I going he's going back to normal I didn't recognize him but anyway they got Markeith Morris Caldwell Pope yep. you know these guys can put the ball in the basket decent pieces decent pieces and then, hey at least at least as good a crew as lebron has lugged to the finals in, in other incarnations <laughs> way better way LeBron, better enough he's yes. never played with anybody as good and that includes uh, Kyrie. i'm sorry includes you nobody as good as anthony davis he's no. never played with anybody no. that good not you even know. close this is a, a a formidable duo and i so they but then they're not going to get it done with with avery bradley doing what he did but, but like very, you said listen Avery Bradley's not going to do it every night, Bob, but it could be a rotating cast, right? It could be a different guy now who can step up and be that number three guy. They're going to need one every game, uh, certainly, but they've got enough options now that I think Frank Vogel can figure out, all right, you know what? He he doesn't have it tonight, or maybe it's dependent on matchups, depending on the series, right? Yeah. Um, I, I think that's the biggest thing that now Frank Vogel and LeBron have at their disposal is they've got enough weapons. The other thing was interesting about that game on Sunday. It was a Clippers home game, but yeah. that was a, it was a pro Laker crowd, but the most part is it's no question who owns that town. Isn't it usually? Yeah. I mean, they right. had the illusions about, you know, uh, about that, that they own that town. And, and uh, even in the, even in the supposed Clipper home game, they managed to have more Laker jerseys, than Clipper jerseys, and more noise made by the Laker fans. But we, you know, we're all we would all be very intrigued. I mean, uh, if that were to take that competition, at whatever round, and presumably the conference finals, that would take place. We'd all like to see it. Not that there aren't other intriguing ones that we would we, we would welcome to see there too. But nothing like that. That's but that's that the would... NBA finals for me, Bob. That that's you know, it's going to be kind of like it. I felt like. 
I don't remember what years was it when when it was Celtics Sixers were even better, in in our opinion, than Celtics Lakers. Yeah, well, and uh, yeah, there was right. The early, yeah, well, in eighty one, eighty two, yep. both, and and uh, now the Lakers did in eighty one. The Celtics went on to win after beating the Celtics were down three to one, and they came back and won, but winning the last three games by two, two and one. Talk about you know <laughs> cutting your, your how about that. Two, two, and one. That's how they came from behind, down three to one. The next year that they were up three to one, down three to one, and they, and they came back and and the uh, 76ers won the game in Boston. Anyway, Lakers beat the Sixers that year, but that believe me, those two were yeah, that was an amazing time. It was a wonderful time. Yeah, yeah I, I just feel like we need we need Lakers Clippers, and then I, I feel like if you got either Lakers Clippers against whatever it is, if it's Bucks. If, See, I think the Celtics now are are intriguing enough and have put themselves, because of Jason Tatum's success, that, it, no, it's not Giannis. I get it. It's not Giannis. But you've got Tatum. You've got Kemba. You've got enough there. Gordon Hayward's playing better. That, that it, you could sell that NBA Finals almost as well as you could a Lakers-Bucks or a Clippers-Bucks. Oh, yeah, I think if you could – Boston and LA back yet again, you know. Yeah, I think oh that would be an easy an easy sell, no question. Now, by the way, Kemba Walker is not playing very well. And, he still he looks hurt. He looks hurt, Bob. He's, he is hurt, and 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 they're not they they will be obviously severely limited if he doesn't play to his potential. Uh, you'd have to then still say that Toronto would have to be favored over Boston, and at best they'd be the third. And look out for Miami in the rear. You know, uh, believe me, Miami certainly would. Fair very well, I think, against the Celtics if if uh, Walker's not capable. They need if they don't have Kemba, listen. If they don't have Kemba at a healthy zero bench scoring at, right. at, at the moment, right. you know. And now if they get their fully their team yeah. fully back, Smart goes back to the bench. You don't think of him as coming off and, and, and scoring, but he can. They, there's nobody else, you know, right now that you can count on. They don't. I, I I really for two years now I've been screaming get get yourself a a, a registered jump shooter somewhere, yeah. uh, and and they haven't done it. Chose not to go for the aged Jamal Crawford, uh, you know the, that that was floating around. But Danny decided no, that's not the answer. So this is what they're going to play with. Couple, couple more, couple more. I don't know minor, but uh, Cleveland gave JB Bickerstaff, Bernie's yeah. kid, the job full time here, four year contract. Who knows if he makes it four years? Probably not with that roster. Um, you know he's been in the right place, right time a few times here with with. Yeah. Uh, coach being fired, he takes over on an interim basis, hasn't gotten the full-time job. This time he gets it with a absolute garbage roster uh, that I don't know if anybody uh, can succeed with this group. They've got a lot of expiring contracts, uh, Bob. The one they have to get rid of to give Bickerstaff any opportunity to, to succeed, they have to be able to move uh, Kevin Love's contract. And I don't think GM Kobe Altman can do it. I just don't. Nobody's taken that. JB, this is a good. I'm sure they're paying him nicely. Uh, you know, he's he's got a nice resume in this league. He's got a lot of, uh, you know, clout and uh, yeah, a, a cachet. Uh, well, he's, he's good with the players. All, all these different teams. You know, yep. Houston, Minnesota, Memphis. You know, yeah. uh, Coach Memphis. Had, his father is a real respected guy. Who I didn't realize Bernie was in this on, in the organization. Uh, Bernie, Bernie's on the payroll there in, in Cleveland. I didn't know that, Daddy. Yeah. I knew yeah. Bernie. I knew Bernie going way back with the Bullets in the early '70s. A really good guy, you know. I do not know JB, but which means I must, you know, I, it, it kind of scares me to think of when I first met Bernie, uh, how JB was in, in, in a cradle, you know. So, uh, but that's the way it is. Um, happy for him. He sounds like it's, a, you know, give him that kind of backing. Uh, it's not the most ad, uh, desirable job in the league, but it's yeah. it's a job in the league. He's going to always be in this league, J.B. Bickerstaff. You know, this won't be his last stop, you know, and but he'll always have a job. 
the big thing is you went from John Beeline, who didn't connect with the players, to J.B. Bakerstaff, who does. That's his strength. That's what the players yeah. wanted. And yeah. you know what? In this league these days, unless you're, you're Greg Popovich, you, you, you better. You know, there's only a few guys at this point who've built up that equity. And a lot of them have built it up, you know, Doc Rivers, for having the relationship with the players. Yeah. Uh, but, but these days, you can't come in. Uh, you can't come in like a uh, John Beeline. And, and not make it all about the players because they're going to revolt or they're going to hold out and, and leave you. One way or the other, it, it, it's not going to end well. This is a players' league now, and you aren't going to win that battle. Which brings us to the Nets. I mean, can we not – we just, This is amazing. Amazing. Not, uh, whoever winds up coaching, you know he has to have the imprimatur from Father Durant. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> both. And Kyrie. I mean – the. And, and they're gonna be they're gonna be like this, so it's it's not. Yeah. Irving, right. you know, we'll have right. to sign off. They, they can't kid us to anything else. To, to, it's just not feasible to try and sell it any other way. They're gonna have to, you know, try to, but no, it's about that. It's got to be about that. I wonder who even wants this job. I mean, I, again, if Kenny Atkinson didn't want it, and I had heard from early on that he had issues with Kyrie. He did. Sean Marks did. Their GM. No she surprise there. Stunned. But how do you how do you and I don't know who was at fault here I don't know who made the move to say hey uh, if Sean Mark said Kenny you know what this isn't working or Kenny said you know what Sean I don't want to be here this is this is not uh, I don't I don't have control but but it's just strange because KD isn't playing Kyrie isn't playing so why would you make this move now it, it makes no sense to me not to give Kenny Atkinson a shot to coach these two next year and see how it goes unless they don't want them they don't want them unless those two don't want them i mean i'm sorry how it, could it, they decide they don't even know them yet it's so you know it's circumstantial but it's 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 just it, it there's, there's no other explanation that, that makes any sense to any of us than other than that i'm sorry it just isn't and, i wonder who, who's and, the figurehead who, who's going to be the figurehead next year bob that coaches those two i i um ty Lu. Oh, oh ty ty Lu's. i bet ty Lu. Yeah, I, I could see a Ty Lue. I mean, somebody that these, you know, what if Scott Brooks got uh, got let go? I think so, yeah. What if he I, if he does? I know KD liked him in, in OKC early on. Could Scott Brooks be in the equation? I, I don't know. Maybe. I don't, but I'm betting I'll just put my money on, on Ty Lue. I, I, right now, I will. Well, he's yeah. one of them. You know, he's gonna, one of them. Kenny's going to be in the league. We know that. Yeah, Kenny, no, no. Kenny's going to get a good job, but he's not. Again, I just would have liked to have seen. Yeah. Them try it out for a half a year and see how it goes with him actually cook because he's proven. Look at what he did last year with that Nets group. I here's a topic. I know I'm gonna throw this one. Top. I'm, I'm gonna shift gears here because yeah. I'm there's something that it's the last thing that we're, we're a place I want to go. Okay. But after a while, when certain things keep happening, you have to take a deep breath. The Boston Celtics have become the worst lead squandering. Worst circumstance, circumstance team of any good team in the league. They they did it again Tuesday night in Boston, almost thrown away, thrown away and going from behind, yep. behind with a 16-point fourth quarter lead. They they lost. We know how they lost to the, uh, to, to the OKC. Or the, you know, Kemba had the ball stolen. Yep. I've never seen an NBA game end that way. I don't remember. All the games I've seen since really? 1996, I don't remember a game ending that way with, with a – a steal, yep. you know, a, 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 
and then a layup on a steal to win a game. And I'm sure it happened, but I haven't. I just don't remember seeing. Yeah, I'm sure it. Yeah, that's one I haven't seen. Um, I is Brad. Where do we? Where does Brad fit into all this? Well, I think first of all, you need a healthy. You you got to have a healthy Kemba. Number one, Bob. You got to have a healthy Kemba. If you don't, he he looks like he's playing at fifty fifty percent right now. So if you have a, a healthy Kemba. I think it's a completely different story right now because, uh, to me, you got a guy who can who can handle the ball, who can make good decisions. You don't have to worry about stuff like that happening to him. And now you have a closer in Jason Tatum. He's a closer, but does does this team understand um, how to play? I guess how to how to time and, and you know all that time and score and you know when to kind of slow it down and get good shots and then. Obviously, they're a good defensive team. We know that. We yeah. know that they should be able to hold on to a lead because, you know, a guy like Jason Tatum was thought to be a below-average defender. Now he's he's one of the better defenders. you got Jalen Brown. You obviously uh, have Marcus Smart. Thought, right. We don't have Jalen Brown at the moment, but that's a good right. thing. But you when, know, you have, when you're when whole, I think it's a different team. They just have not been – I bet they've only had five or ten games all season that they've been whole. And, oh, and this team yeah. is no, very no, dependent no. on having all of its parts. They are. They're just, like you said, they don't have a lot in the bench. So then you, you put a guy um, and, and give Grant Williams a lot of minutes. He's not quite ready for that. He's a good right now, 10 to 15 minute a game guy. But when you start playing him more than that, yeah, it's going to, it's going to affect this team because he's still not much of an offensive weapon. No. Oh, no. No, no. Uh, so, but the thing is, but this this recurrent lead coughing up is scary. It's got yeah. some people, uh, you know, and it is. It's it's they 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 have really handed some games that are over. And uh, you know that OKC. I'm watching OKC. They get up by 18, 63-45. Remember, I'm thinking, and then boom, they give up the last seven points of the at a, at a half. So it's now it's eleven. And I, you know, right down in there, I was worried about that game. You know, I just did. That was not. It was unforgivable, really. But anyway. That, they're they're going to have to address this. They can't keep doing this, uh, blowing these leads the way it is, the way they are. All right, let's uh, fin- let's finish with some NCAA uh, talk here with with all I, the league tournaments getting going. Uh, great time of year, maybe the best time of year, uh, I, starting I, for the next ten days. Hopefully, we will see it. I mean, that's going to be the big question: is is will we see the NCAA tournament? But even this week is great. You know why? You you've got so many teams right now that are on the bubble, and they're spread out in different leagues, Bob. That That's the great thing. When you look at it and you look at, you know, Big 12 will have on Thursday, Texas, Texas Tech. I think that's the best game of the early uh, big tournaments because you got Chaka Smart maybe fighting for his, his job and Chris Beard, who I think might be the best coach in, in, in college basketball the last couple of years at Texas Tech, trying to make sure that the Red Raiders get in the NCAA tournament. They're both on the bubble right now. That's the best game, but you've got you know, Indiana from the Big Ten that needs to make sure that they don't lose to Nebraska today. Uh, ACC's got NC State. Look around. You know, Big East has Xavier. SEC has a couple uh, with Arkansas and Mississippi State. Pac-12. You got UCLA and Stanford. Mm-hmm. Everywhere. So, I, I just think there's not one league. And, and that's why I was trying to figure out where to go to for league tournaments. And I, I, I checked on the, the Big East and the Big Ten because, frankly, in two days, I could probably see 17 tournament teams in, in the out of the the or something like that. Actually, my math sucks there, but uh, there's only there's only uh, 16 teams playing in those two days. Uh, <laughs> so I'll probably see 14 or 15 tournament teams 
Um, but I think the beauty of the season is it's spread across every league, and you've got a a interesting again a bubble team. Seating doesn't matter that much. You know, right now we've got Kansas and Gonzaga that are locked into number ones. Other than that, I don't know who gets the final two, whether it's a, a Baylor, a Dayton, um, you know, a San Diego State. Uh, but ultimately, I don't think it matters that much this year. Now, uh, matchups, as always, will be, yep. you know, more important than, than, than strict seating. Uh, question for you, of all the little guys, uh, you know, who have now qualified, yep. uh, is there who do I like? You got, you got your eye on it. Could be the yeah. George Mason. Could be the Loyola. Could be the VCU. Could be the you know where I'm going with the be the Butler. Yeah. Is there somebody particularly that you um, that you think? I kind of North North Dakota State. Watching them last night, they were there last year, and and they have two seniors back from that team that are, that are their best players. David Richmond's done a great job. He's like he's actually gotten three NCAA tournaments in six years at North Dakota State. Uh, but but they got a couple guys that have been battle tested that they played last year against Duke and they got whipped up on pretty good. But if they can get off that 16 line and make sure they're 15, which they will, uh, I'm pretty sure, and, and draw a matchup. You know, again, the, it's not like the twos are so overwhelming. You know, again, no. you, nobody <laughs> is. But you know, to me, again, I, I look at even Gonzaga. I'm watching them last night and I'm saying like they're good, but they're not like an overwhelmingly good Gonzaga team. They don't. I'm not sure they have a, a first-round pick on their roster. So how about this stat? Um, I just read this yesterday. Uh, the top five recruits in the country, mm-hmm. top five freshmen in the country recruiting-wise, none of which will play in the NCAA tournament this year. How about wow. that? None wow. of which. Stunning. That's stunning. Yeah. Wow. That is really stunning. Uh, East Tennessee State. Yeah, they're the ones. They're, they're the easy pick. I, I tried to go a little bit more under the radar. Uh, we got a thirty-win team there, right? Yeah, yeah, I, right. You know, no, I, I just don't know. Um, I'm, I'm just—they could have been an at-large team, Bob. If they didn't win the SoCon, they still had a shot of being at-large. So East Tennessee State probably is like an eleven seed uh, in this tournament. And if you're a six, you do not want to see them because they are older. Steve Forbes is a hell of a coach. Uh, they play tough, hard nose. Steve Forbes actually kind of grew up coaching with Nick Nurse in Iowa. Okay, so they're boys. Uh, one of my favorite tidbits is falling out this week is Nebraska is going to be activating some football players. <laughs> yes. Some, some, they need to, they need to show up that bench, but they need the bodies line, have a nice looking layup line. They got to, they got to go to a couple of football players is the depth problem. Awesome. I have been witness to the last tournament game played by Nebraska in Worcester, Massachusetts in 1992 with Eric Piatkowski. Oh yeah, and, sure. Yeah. That's the last uh, they played in Worcester in 92. Uh, but the other thing I have a question is, is how did, that kid who's coaching University of San Francisco get permission to stay up late enough to coach a game that I could watch on television in Hingham, Massachusetts. Todd Golden. Todd Golden That's, actually came up. I'm not, I'm not kidding. He's you, so young. Yeah. You saw him walking and knocking at your door. You yep. might, you might think he was a Mormon missionary, perhaps. You know, <laughs> and, and but I mean, it. He is the. You named the youngest looking. Yes. professional coach you've ever seen and i'm topping he 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 went he makes brad stevens and butler you know look old look, look like uh yeah. i don't pick somebody you know yeah I mean, no he looks old you're right no golden's done a good job this is his first year at, at usf they gave him a game they gave him a good game and no, a matter he, of fact that that oh my pet peeve you're gonna you've heard this from me before this is my my new current pet peeve go ahead because you know i hate the three in general but that's yeah. you know that's not going to work the rebound foul 
I would uh, charge. I hate charges. We'll talk about that. Yeah. Some other time. Yeah. Rebound foul. I get a rebound. You go for it. Yeah. You, you know, you give me a good bump. Thump, sure. You know, you slap my arm. If, but I, I don't lose the ball. Yep. Don't call the foul. They tweet. Uh, rebound foul. That's how they found that Kilo out, the big guy in San yeah. Francisco. Yep. And I, I, that, if I don't lose the ball and you haven't done something like punched me or does something, you know, unnecessary. You know what the problem is? The, pro- then, the, the problem is all these, official, these officials are evaluated. So they feel like they have to make every call in order to be able to officiate next year or in the Final Four. By the way, my theory on three refs in college and even in high school as opposed to uh, in NBA is this. In the NBA, they got 82-game contracts for the most part. They're going to work. College, they're worried about the next gig maybe. You know, they got to – It's not their full-time job, Bob. It's not their full-time jobs. I think they referee often by egg-timer. I haven't made a call in X minute, and I'm gonna. And you can always find a, a bump and a thump and a, and, a, and, a, and a touch foul. I really believe this. I think a lot of guys referee by egg timer, and and they, they I gotta make a call, and you can find one. We, we got I've seen it in high school too. Watching high school games, I've seen this year, and I have seen you know as you know I was following our local teams, and I, it drives me crazy. Uh, but that that rebound foul thing, no, you're right. They they have to make it. It is by the way that the game is interpreted. Letter of the law. Right. But I'm saying they ought to reconsider whether to what extent that should be a foul, particularly Jeff in the last minute of play, or last minute and yeah. a half or two when it yeah. decides and we put yep. it down the other end of the court for two free throws. You know, because of a that Control, and I already yeah. got the ball and you didn't. Yep. Take that call. All right. I'm off the soapbox. I'm sorry. Well, we, we, we could try. I, I don't know if uh, I'll be allowed to, but I was trying to get uh, John Gaffney, one of the top um, officials in, in college basketball, does a lot of Big East games, trying to get him on the podcast. We'll try in the off season because <laughs> no, he's no, a riot. I would like to discuss that, whether I'm an official. He, you know, he, he, he would do it. And he lives, he lives in Boston, Bob. So we could do it, the three of us, you know, once – Listen, once uh, once the regular season ends, for me, once uh, the, the tournament ends, uh, we'll go back to maybe, you know, every other week, you and I, we haven't seen each other in a while and done this in person. Right. So we'll go back to doing that, and, and maybe we'll invite John Gaffney for lunch right. one day. No, I think there's a lot of interesting things you could talk about. Oh, there are. I don't know how many he can actually be allowed to talk about. That's the only problem. <laughs> you know, that that's the well, bigger issue. We'll have to, you know, ply him with liquor or something. You know? That's right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right, well, listen, uh, I am I think I'm off to New York. I, I'm not sure. I'll probably decide when I wake up in the morning uh, what I'm doing tomorrow, and I'll have my bag packed. I'm going to go to Harvard on the weekend, but uh, that's not going to happen. That is not going to um, happen. I have my sights on Albany, but, you know, that capital region, yep. uh, that's where RPI will not be having fans with a hockey game with Harvard this weekend. So I'm not sure what the status is going to be, particularly if Governor Cuomo weighs in. Uh, in Albany, so uh, uh, to me that that's in jeopardy. Spokane, I, I'm telling you, it's all in jeopardy right now. We got a lot of lot of craziness yep. out there. It's all in jeopardy. So stay tuned. Uh, come back next week. We'll recap hopefully uh, a bunch of games and the well, NCAA tournament. We'll we'll have selection Sunday. Exactly. Tonight. We'll have, we'll have plenty to talk about. Uh, fingers crossed. So there you have it, the Ryan and Goodman podcast. We'll see you next week.